many seniors, 15 million seniors in yeah. America don't have access to Wi-Fi or smartphones. So all these text threads that you and I are on with our family and friends sending me silly videos of our kids and stuff, they are totally left out of that conversation. And um, there are people that could really use that stimulation and joy. So I mailed it to her. I just put in the mail and I mailed it to her. And the voicemail I got from her after getting that book, there was so much enthusiasm. It was like, grandma's back. She's like, hi, Ashley, I got this cool thing. And she was so excited and it filled me with so much joy. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of Still Being Molly. And this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, a CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an incredible person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Ashley Kenny, the founder and CEO of Heirloom, a startup company founded in 2020 that allows you to send video cards to friends and loved ones. You open up the card and a video automatically plays. It is incredible. Now, as a journalist, Ashley Kenny spent the last 15 years making groundbreaking, award-winning documentaries, many earning prestigious awards like the Edward R. Murrow and Alfred I. DuPont Awards. As a staff senior producer, Ashley traveled the world producing impactful documentaries for National Geographic, Al Jazeera America, and The Atlantic. Guided by the goal of making staying connected as low-tech and easy as possible, Ashley manages Heirloom's overall product development, leads operations, and directs strategic planning and communications. She lives in Washington, D.C. with her husband and her two sons. Now, I have actually had the opportunity to try out Heirloom for myself, and I am not going to lie. This is the coolest thing ever. It is such a game-changing way to just bless a friend, a family member, a loved one, just somebody that you really just want to send something physical in the mail that is even more personalized than, you know, your typical Hallmark card. And Ashley has been so generous as to offer you $10 off your first heirloom card. So go to sendheirloom.com and use the coupon code MOLLY10 at checkout for $10 off your first card. But before I get to my incredible conversation with Ashley, I want to thank our partner of the show, and that is Mama Suds. It is time for your spring clean refresh. Let's get that home sparkling the safe way with Mama Suds. Castile soap is the superhero of soaps. I mean, it really does it all from the windows to the walls. It is truly the only soap you need. So what can you do with Mama Suds Castile soap? Well, you can clean the floors, scrub the counters, bathtubs, tile, clean the baseboards, the windows and the blinds, and you can even use it to clean carpets. Yup. So grab a gallon of Mama Suds Castile soap and start tackling all of your spring cleaning to-dos at mamasuds.com and use the coupon code MOLLY for 15% off your order. Now on to my conversation with Ashley. Welcome, Ashley. I am so excited to have you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is so fun. This is so fun and it's going to be so fun. We connected um, a couple months ago and it has just been such a joy to kind of get to know you over the last few months. And so I'm really excited 
to welcome you to the podcast and introduce you to um, my community who I know is just going to fall in love with you. So we're going to dive right in and have you give us the Ashley 101. So tell us who you are, what you do, and how you got to where you are today. Okay, what a question. All right, where to begin? Well, my name is Ashley Kenny. I am a mom. I have two little boys. Liam's four and a half and Jack is one and a half. I live in Washington, D.C. with my husband, Peter, and I'm originally from Detroit, a suburb outside Detroit. Um, I grew up in Michigan. I went to Michigan State uh, University. And from there to here, it's kind of a winding story, but it all kind of makes sense if you look backwards. I Got a degree in broadcast journalism in 2006. I thought I wanted to be an on-air news reporter. Oh, I could see that. I could totally see that. Really? Uh, I, at the time I could too, but the experience in journalism school and doing all of the local news internships, I worked for WXYZ and Fox 47, all these news stations around Michigan. I realized I really would prefer to be behind the camera and more directing than in front of the camera. So after a bunch of intern local news internships, uh, someone named Nancy Donnelly, a woman who I'm still very good friends with, came to my class and showed me these videos of her making documentaries all around the globe at National Geographic. And I like chased her out of the room to her car, <laughs> was like, how do I do that? I want to be you. And we stayed in touch. And I had uh, an internship that was really transformational for me um, in 2005 at National Geographic where I decided I really fell in love with long form documentary filmmaking. So from there, I spent nine years working for National Geographic, uh, started as kind of a production coordinator and moved up to associate producer and on and on and became a producer, really telling unbelievable stories, went to crazy wild places, you know, into the bush in Africa and to the world's largest transgender festival in Kuvagam, India, and down filming in the gold vault of the Federal Reserve, like some really sick places. And then in 2013, an opportunity arose at Al Jazeera America. They were launching a company, kind of a a network branch from an American audience. And so I launched their documentary strand with uh, Kathy Davidoff, who is my boss at National Geographic. And we were there for three years until that ended. They stopped funding that. Al Jazeera America didn't quite take yeah. in the U.S. as they had thought. Um, so. In 2016, I got an opportunity to move over to the Atlantic, and I spent the last three years working um, and leading a team uh, with my boss, Kasha, of doc filmmakers for Atlantic Studios, a production company inside the Atlantic, a 160-year-old magazine. And in the spring, I left the Atlantic and launched my company, Heirloom. And so now um, I am the CEO and founder of a company. And it's a sharp pivot from video um, to entrepreneur tech startup world. And it's been amazing. Um, I'm launching it with my brother, who's just my right hand and right brain and all the things that all the support I need. And that takes me to today and talking to you, Molly. So no, I'd say I'm a mom um, in the tech startup world, but uh, with a background in video. I love your kind of roundabout way of how you got to entrepreneurship. And it's so funny how many people I interview in the hundreds, literally now of people that I've interviewed on this show, 
And so many people share a similar story in that they're kind of like, well, it was a very strange, like it was definitely not a straight line for how I got to where you are um, or how, how I got to where I am. But first of all, real quick, one thing I don't think I realized is that you live in D.C. Like, are you in D.C. proper or are you in? Yeah outside of D- so I grew up in Herndon which is right outside of DC yeah. and so okay, but I always yeah, tell I people Herndon. I grew up in her like I grew up in DC like I'm from DC that's yeah. even though yeah it's not but <laughs> you know what right. I mean right it's the closest right same with um my growing up in Detroit certainly didn't grow up downtown Detroit but yes I live in DC I live in Washington DC it's a little area called Tinley Town AU Park it's like right next to American University yeah I know exactly um, where that is and that's where I'm hanging out right now. I've been pretty much hanging out here for a year. (laughs) As we all have. Um, I moved to to DC for my internship with National Geographic in 2005. And then I went back to Detroit, well, back to East Lansing to finish up my degree and then like officially moved in 2006. And I've been here ever since. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I love that we have a kind of a common, common location with us. Um, okay. So I want to, I want to get to all of the things about heirloom, obviously, because that's one of the, yes. re- that's the reason I wanted to have you on the show. But before yes. we get to those things, I yes. really want to break down some of these things that you did working at National Geographic and how you really began to tap into that as a passion. And because For I, sure. I really believe that even though it seems like heirloom is a pivot, I don't think it's as much of a pivot as maybe others might think it is based right. on, on what you're doing. And so because you are a storyteller, you're a storyteller, that's, it's just the medium that might change. And so as you realize that you didn't want to do on air news anchoring, and you really loved more the production side, what was it when you first did that internship at National Geographic that you just said, I was made to tell stories like this? That's a great question. I've always been super curious about people's backgrounds, about what makes somebody who they are, about where they're from. Uh, And my friends will tell you, I ask them a lot of questions. So what did he say? And what did she say? And um, I have this like kind of desire to know what's behind that door. And I was a huge snoop growing up as a child. (laughs) I like was in my parents' drawers and all over, you know, I mean, there was like little, I had to see everything and, and re, you know, I would read my sister's diary and just weird stuff like that because I was always just so curious and inquisitive. And when I got to National Geographic and I met all of these other inquisitive um, people who got paid to ask questions and kind of find the back, find out the background of a question or look into a topic, get to read other people's emails. It's like, yeah, as soon in journalism school, when I found out it was legal to submit a FOIA request to the government and get documents that related to an issue as a journalist, I was like sold because just kind of, I don't know, one of my old bosses, Jeffrey Goldberg at the Atlantic used to say that he, the, the door, what was the door he always wanted to go through the one that was locked. I probably misquoted him just now, but that's kind of what, how journalists are. It's like, if there's something to uncover, that's like the most enticing thing. So when I was at National Geographic and they'd give us kind of a topic, Ashley, you're going to do, the channel wants something on transgender individuals. So people who are born one gender um, and are choosing to live life as another gender. It was like amazing. I, I could like go and ask people questions that were, that I was just curious about. And 
talk to scientists and brain scientists about, you know, parietal lobe and where these, where, you know, genders formed. And I could talk to a parent of a transgender eight-year-old and find out what that is like. And then I could talk to, and it was like all kosher to ask all these questions. It was like my job and just the investigative nature of it all. And kind of the like ability to kind of, you have this platform, you have this duty to ask certain questions. It was no longer kind of prying. It was more like, you're doing a great job. Um, you want to ask the questions that people want to know the answers to. And I, this right. is very top of mind right now because um, I'm just going to throw it out there. Like I'm somebody who I'm probably one of the millions of people that watched the Oprah interview with Megan and Harry. And yes. I mean, Oprah, like I grew up watching Oprah every afternoon yeah. with my mom and it was so it was like this piece to have Oprah on my screen again. But I kept thinking I was like, she is she doesn't categorize herself as a journalist. She's never I mean, she worked in TV news at one point. But her skill of asking very pointed questions and asking questions that we all want to know the answer to. And then she follows up with the follow up with the follow up. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's just it's a very it's a very unique skill. And you you're somebody who has that skill to be able to ask that next question that everybody listening or watching is like, excuse me, ask ask that question. Ask that question. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think Oprah is she, you know, she's an icon, right? Yeah. But I think in many ways you have to be like genuinely curious and confident. I think at the beginning of my career, I was certainly really curious. Yeah. Um, and wanted to know everything, but the confidence doesn't come until you've done it a bunch of times yeah. and you've asked a bunch of difficult questions and you haven't gotten a chair thrown at you. So I think maybe what you're <laughs> seeing with Oprah is that, you know, she's had these decades. Uh, you know, her show of asking all these, you know, are you, why do you think you would be the father? You know, all yeah. these kind of years of asking unbelievably difficult questions and they are, because it's Oprah, well-received. And so she's got this confidence about her, this even keeled disposition, this level-headed, you know, confidence that comes being a female leader yeah. and comes with more practice and practice. So that obviously kind of leads me to where we are now and why I wanted to have you on the show today. And, you know, you have all this experience working in journalism and at National Geographic and at Al Jazeera America and The Atlantic. And then here we are in April 2021, and things look a lot different the world changed for all of us last year. And, you know, it's, (laughs) it was so funny, uh, you know, last weekend, um, but, you know, back in March, this, uh, the, I said to my husband, I was like, happy one year anniversary to two weeks to slow the spread. Like we were so cute. We were, we were so naive. Um, and it's just amazing how all those like memories are popping up on my like social media, like time hop and things like that. And I go, Oh, wow. Like we just, we had no idea what was in store for us. We had no idea. You know, I went with my husband to Mexico and it was the first time we had gotten away since my son, Jack was born. My son, Jack was born um, in August, 2019. And so in March we were like, let's go, you know? And my mom came to town and watched the boys. And it was the first time away from, at that point, 
Jack and we got back and it was like, we just got back right before, mm-hmm. um, I think we got back on March like 12th. Yeah. So right before lockdown. And that was the last indoor restaurant I've been to, um, was in Mexico. So we timed it right in terms of when our trip was, and we, we kept telling each other like last April and May, good thing we got away yeah. when we did. But I got to tell you, if you would have told me then that I'd, st- that we'd still be in this, I would have said, I would have called BS. You know, I definitely thought that it was, uh, yeah, I didn't anticipate um, a full year of lockdown. And we've been, we've been pretty fortunate that all of our loved ones are well. Um, and that our boys got to go back to daycare and stuff, but there are so many people that are not as fortunate. All I can do is think about people that are struggling right now and how much more struggle we're going to have to endure. So I'm, I'm optimistic about the future. I'm hearing about a lot of people I care about who are getting vaccinated, but I'm, I'm anxious. I, I, you know, I just, I can't wait till this is behind everyone and, and, much of the suffering is, you know, is gone. Yeah. And so when when COVID hit, when we kind of all went into lockdown and everybody doesn't know what's going on, you know, one of the first things that I think people realized right away was this desperate need for community and this desperate need for connection. And that was, it, it was in so many ways, it was just stripped away. I mean, I couldn't go to church. I mean, we were watching church online and we couldn't get together with friends and we couldn't see our, you know, grandparents and parents and siblings. I mean, it just was so, it was bizarro world. I still like so many things. I'm like, this is just bizarre. And one of the things that really, really, I think was amplified was our community of incredible, I call them like the wise, the wise seniors or the, um, the, like the saints, just the saints of our, of our lives and, um, you know, our senior citizens and how so many, I mean, I, I volunteered at a nursing home when I was in college. And so I just have like a special place in my heart for, the senior community. And um, I don't have any living grandparents. Oh, but I do like to tell my dad that he's well into his 70s. I'm like, look, dad, you're well into your 70s now. But that started, he he does, because uh, it started as one day, it was like when I turned, I'm 35, almost 36 now. But when I had turned like maybe 31 or something, my dad was like, well, now that you're well into your 30s. And I was like, I'm not well into my 30s now. So as soon as he turned 71, I was like, well, you're well into your 70s. You're well, yeah. You're, you're well into your 70s. Yeah. Um, That's cute. But, you know, just this need to connect, especially with that generation and those people that were so isolated. A lot of them were alone. A lot of them were by themselves in their um, apartments or in their nursing homes. And this was something that you, as a storyteller, like you saw the need for, for connection, and that's what stories do. It's a universal connector. And as a storyteller, you saw the need for connection. And so you took the ultimate pivot and you started a company called Heirloom. So tell us, what is Heirloom? How did you yeah. get the idea? And yeah. where did it all start? Yes, it was around the spring when I called my grandma, Grandma Fran. She's 92 years old and she lives in an apartment in Detroit. 
And she's normally the most outgoing, jovial, enthusiastic, high energy woman. And I called her and she seemed super down. Um, she was didn't sound like herself. She was kind of less than excitable and super kind of everything's fine. I'm okay. And she just didn't sound like herself. And she told me how she missed the boys. And she told me how she was getting two or three meals delivered to her outside her door, but she hasn't really been in contact with every anyone. And she's just kind of in lockdown and how she's had been like that for a few months and how she was, they were going to the summer and, and no one can come to her apartment or leave. And in talking to her, I hung up the phone and I looked over on my desk and I had one of these video brochures. It was from a um, charity, but I thought to myself, is there a way that I can send her some of the videos of my two young boys, Jack, whose birthday, um, who had just started walking and his birthday was coming up and Liam, who's four, uh, who's doing all this fun stuff with sidewalk chalk and bubbles outside. And he's just a silly guy. And I said, can I just take the videos I have on my desktop or my phone and get them onto this video brochure to share with her? Because just like her, many seniors, 15 million seniors in America don't have access to Wi-Fi or smartphones. So all these text threads that you and I are on with our family and friends sending me silly videos of our kids and stuff, they are totally left out of that conversation. And um, there are people that could really use that stimulation and joy. So I mailed it to her. I just put in the mail and I mailed it to her. And the voicemail I got from her after getting that book, there was so much enthusiasm. It was like grandma's back. She's like, hi, Ashley, I got this cool thing. And she was so excited and it filled me with so much joy. And I thought to myself, is there a way that we could make other people, other seniors in this situation feel a similar way? How do we get videos from our phones and other people's phones to their loved ones? And I was shared the voice with my brother who's in tech and startup and he listened to it and he's like, you know, I can build an app for that. And that was super exciting um, because we started brainstorming what, what we could do. And when you have a device that holds all your videos and an app on that device that can, you can just upload videos to and pick your cover and tell us where to send it. Um, and in five days, your video book appears. We thought that was super cool. So we started to develop the app with an app team that uh, built it out of Ireland, actually. And then we started to develop the product, too, at the same time um, and thought about ways to make it extremely familiar. Uh, and it's, I think it's about when you're developing products for seniors, it's about meeting them where they're at. Um, and while the book inside the book is a video screen, it's a five-inch HD screen that plays up to 10 minutes of your video, automatically when you open the cover, you really have to make it super familiar. And so we packaged it in a way that uh, is a book uh, and are like a card. And so what my grandma Fran's been doing for 90 years is going to the mailbox, opening an envelope or a piece of mail, opening the cover of a greeting card. Um, Then this one just happens to play video. So we removed the buttons uh, because it was funny. We sent her one that had kind of a fast forward, a stop, a play, a pause button. She didn't know what those were. Um, (laughs) So she was your your test subject. (laughs) Oh, we did focus. Yeah. So between um, kind of sending her a little prototype, which at the time it wasn't a prototype, it was just a gift. And November, so through the summer into the fall, 
we were testing beta testing the app with all of our cousins and friends and family. We were beta, beta testing the product with every senior we could send it to um, and getting really good feedback. And in November, we launched the app and had a lot of tweaks to make and developed the website and there was so much to do. And then on February 2nd, we launched Heirloom officially where we have a business now um, where we send video books to wherever you tell us to, to your loved ones. So you, we have an app and you upload your videos and um, up to 10 minutes of video and I could go on and on. What else should I say? No, that's, Maybe we should cut me off a little bit earlier. No, yeah, that's great. I, you know, having right. had a chance to see it, it is such a cool, unique product. And it's something that um, even I just got to make kind of a sample one so I could kind of see what it looked like. And so I actually uploaded a video of when we got, so we live in North Carolina, so we don't get snow. And I up- uploaded a video of our like one snow day and the kids and I went out to our, our farm and we played in the snow and I made this little video and I uploaded it and my kids love it. And they will just open it up and they want to watch the video over and over and over again. And they yeah. and I'll just like they'll be in their room and I'll hear them opening up the card. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, this is this could be revolutionary to be able to connect people in this really intimate very 2021 way where you're connecting in kind of an old school way through snail mail, which I still love snail mail. I send snail mail all the time, Same, but then including kind of a more, you know, modern tech video approach to it. It's just really amazing. And so I love that you can kind of, you can customize like a message inside. You can, so it can be like a card. You can kind of say like, Hey grandma or Hey grandpa or Hey dad, Hey mom, Hey sister, Hey friend, whatever it is and kind of tell them, send them a little message, but then it's right there inside of the card and then they can watch the video. It comes, by the way, just as like a genius that you include a charger for it as well. (laughs) So it is rechargeable. So it's not going to die. Like my kids love picking out those cards in the, in the greeting card store where you open them up and they play a song, but eventually it dies. And then they get really sad that it no longer plays the ridiculous song inside. I bet some parents are like, that's fine. Oh yeah. Oh, there's, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have quite a few cards that I've been like, oh, that died. Oh, that's a shame. That is, that is a shame. Yeah. So, so there really has been like two revolutionary moments of card greetings. The first card greeting. Yeah. Was when, uh, you could go to Hallmark or you could go to CVS and get a card that would sing you happy birthday. Yeah. So this is kind of, we see like the next gen as, you know, this one will play video. And I'll tell you, for me, just witnessing the impact of video, you know, they say a picture can explain a thousand words or pictures worth a thousand thousand words. Pictures worth a thousand words. Um, I say videos, 2000, a million. (laughs) Yeah. A million. Yeah. Uh, because there's something about um, the immersiveness of video, yeah. how you can, there's so much you can take from it. I remember I was sending some photos to my grandma for a minute using kind of a photo service, but my son, whose hair is so blonde, it's almost like translucent. When you look at it straight on, he looks kind of bald. And in the photos, she was like, still thinking he was bald. And then I sent her this video book, which kind of captures the light at a different angle and his beautiful blonde hair, which is thick. It's just 
like so super, you know, he's such a toehead. She told one funny thing she told me on the phone. She's like, and on the video, he has hair. <laughs> I saw it, you know, uh, from a different angle. So there, I guess there's just things and moments. She got to hear their voice. You know, there's something so cute about your little munchkin saying, mama, or, you know, you're my four-year-old who likes to tell jokes telling a joke that you just can't really get in, in sending still images. My mom used to go to where my grandma lives with her iPhone and sit down and show her some of the videos she had on her phone that I would send her. Um, but without being able to have visitors, my grandma was just so isolated that the only real, that this was just another form of connection. So since we've sent her like eight, you know, she, yeah. has, she shares, um, everyone's getting vaccinated hopefully soon at her facility. So as soon as she can. I'm sure it'll be like a newfound brag book. Uh, of look at my great grandchildren. But these are the life affirming moments. Yeah. Of you know you've gotten in your when you're in your 90s. I can only imagine you've gotten to a place where you're proud of what you've created. Yeah. You're in love with the generations that come after you. And the second best thing to being with them is to hearing and seeing them doing cute fun things. And right now this is a way to to really connect people when we can't be together. Yeah. So, and then people have been using this for many different ways, actually. We've seen people send graduation videos yeah. and birth announcements, people with ultra, sending ultrasounds, which is so cute, and gender reveal videos, which is so sweet. Um, and tribute kind of moments where six or seven loved ones will send a happy birthday message to one person. You save them to your phone and then upload all the messages in any order you want, you can drag and drop to reorder them in the app. And what a way to get uh, a message from all the people all across the country that you love and to open a video book. And here they are. Happy birthday. And the next one says happy birthday. And just the familiar faces having this tangible item you can open and you can play it an unlimited amount of times. The battery char is charged for about an hour when we send it to you, but we do send a cable that allows you to recharge it a bunch. And pretty good for the environment because the cardboard box is fully recyclable and the video book is reloadable. So if you do have somebody who can do that for you, if you're a senior, it's kind of challenging perhaps, but if you're, uh, if you give it back to a loved one or if you mail it back to us, you can reload it. Um, you can just, again, like I did that first time, drag the videos off, drag on a few more. So we're hoping this is kind of an heirloom, yeah. a keepsake, if you will, something yeah. that people will We'll hold on to for years to come and, and share videos of loved ones that are with us that are no longer with us yeah, and moments to kind of preserve them in something a little bit different than your typical iPhone. Yeah. Video. Yeah. It really is something that you can, it like the heirloom is the perfect name for it because it's something that can be saved and passed down. And, um, you know, I, as I'm going through, as I've been going through moving, I'm going through all of this stuff and I have so many greeting cards from baby showers and all these things. And, you know, my mom passed away when I was in high school and I have just boxes of my mom's stuff that I still haven't gone through. I've gone through a lot of her stuff, but not all of it. But as I go through these things and I come across letters people wrote her and, you know, diaries she kept and all these kinds of things like that, that's what I have of left of her. That's those are the tangible things that I have left of her. And to think that something like this, something like a video book could be kept and saved for generations to come 
is really meaningful, you know, because when you are able, because all the videos and things I have of my mom are on VHS and like, I can't get half of them to play. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and there are so many times where I just think like, I would love to hear her voice or I would love to see her in a video and I don't have those things. And so, um, I'm really conscious of that as I create things for my kids and I think of, uh, I've, you know, we hear this term a lot recently, like this digital legacy. Like, what is this digital mm. legacy that we are leaving for people? And so, you know, these heirloom books, like that's that's a part of a digital legacy that we can leave for other people. And so we can use technology for good and we can use technology to impact so many people. And so I love how you have, you took this thing that COVID gave us, um, which was a really bad thing, <laughs> this isolation and um, lockdowns and all those those just bananas concepts that a year ago, more than a year ago, we would have been like, what? And you <laughs> you used it to pivot. That was the word of 2020, but create this thing that is going to impact so many people. And so I'm just throwing that out there for all the people who are interested in checking out Heirloom. I think you should all send one to a loved one. Yes. You can send one to um, a friend, a family member, a you know, a colleague. I mean, I love the idea of doing one for a big like milestone birthday where you have people send in birthday messages and you can uh, you know compile them together in the app. It's super easy to use. Um, so everybody needs to go try out Heirloom like now. Yeah, the website. <laughs> the website sendheirloom.com, S-E-N-D, send heirloom, H-E-I-R-L-O-O-M.com. And for all your listeners, I can do a Molly promo code, yes. Molly10, for $10 off. Um, so Molly10. Yes. Off. And everyone should try it out. You know, it's, we've seen people send them to themselves. Oh. Have, a, have a moment. Um to keep. We've seen people read books to their grandchildren on it. And so it's a way to uh, for your child to open it and have their grandparent reading a book to them. That's so sweet. And if you can imagine one day, perhaps that grandparent not being around, but still being able to get a book read to them, exactly what you were talking about and speaking about with your mom. Yeah, there's just something magical about having a moment that matters so much to us preserved um, as a keepsake. It's been really special to, to be part of that. And people, you know, it's been magical to be trusted with that sort of stuff. You know, people sending some of the most uh, important videos that they, they have um, or goofy things and getting to kind of be the vehicle through which that's delivered. Yeah. It's, it's really exciting. It's so. really, really powerful. That's really incredible. Ashley, I love this so much. Uh, thank you for the promo code. I know that my community is going to love that. So again, the mo- the code is Molly10 for $10 off at sendheirloom.com. Go send you some heirlooms. I mean, Mother's Day. Hello, Mother's Day is coming up. Hello, Father's yeah. Day is coming up. So yeah, I it. can't think of, I mean, I've been kind of, I mean, I'm going to be totally honest. Our moms don't want another pair of slippers mm-hmm. and our or dads have nowhere to wear that tie. You know what they want is you. They want yeah. a a video of you. And if you can't be there, the next best thing is probably a video of you or someone they love. Yeah. Or so, even, you know, and I'm really sensitive, obviously, to I know Mother's Day and Father's Day can be also very painful for some people. 
um, as somebody who lost her mom and also who's somebody who's experienced miscarriage. I know on both sides, like it can be a really painful day. Um, And so I remember a few years ago um, before I'd had children, I used Mother's Day as an opportunity to thank the women in my life who they were. It's not that they were replacements for my mom. There's no replacing her, but they were mother figures to me, Um, you know, or just, you know, I don't have any living grandparents. So I've had the opportunity to thank, you know, older people in my life who have acted like grandparents to me. And so I think it could be a really, you know, a really powerful opportunity to send a message to somebody in your life that has really had an impact on you. And maybe you haven't told them how much of an impact they've had on you. You're right. And initially, you would use a pre-recorded video that you have on your phone to upload. But we now have the capability in the app, in the latest app, which you can download from the iTunes app store. The app's called Heirloom Video Books to record a message in the app. So you can just be in the app and record a message. There is something about being able to tell somebody, not necessarily that first kind of connection of individual, like a parent and a sibling, but go out to people like you're saying, friends, you know, neighbors, people that have been influential in your life and let them know it. It takes a village is a legit statement. Mom, (laughs) I get it. And I need, you know, we need all the support we can get. Yeah. Um, But there, there, it's not just for Mother's Day is kind of the thing, the theme I, I'm talking to you about right now, because there are a lot of people in my life too, who have supported me and helped me get to where I'm at. Um, And it's, it's important to stop down for a few minutes. It takes about four minutes to send a, a video book, but you know, you may be just one person, but to them, you might, that might mean so much to them getting something in the mail, yeah. a real tribute or a message of how much they mean to you. It can be really powerful. Yeah. Um, and it's important to do that, especially right now when we're, we're all feeling super uh, disconnected and distant because uh, we haven't seen each other yeah. in so long. Yeah. yeah. It's a really isolating time. So yeah, think about those people too. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Ashley, this has been um, just such an incredible conversation. And thank you for sharing uh, all about Heirloom and how you pivoted during 2020. But before we go, I'm going to ask just a couple fun get to know you questions. So Ashley, are you ready for the get to know you portion? I know I need to have some like stinger music. Yeah. Um, okay. Ready? And then it's got to be like, Ching. Grace, throw in some stinger music. That's my editor. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be like, oh no, not, not something else. No. Um, okay. What is the, you know, you've done a lot of traveling in your life, not recently, but just in general. Um, when you get home from like a long trip, what is the first thing you have to do when you get home? First thing I do is go to my tap and get a cup of water. I'm traveling a lot and I'm really cautious of drinking local tap water. There's just different bacteria in it that, you know, our stomachs aren't used to. And it's the same for when people come here from other countries. Uh, They often can get sick from our water. So when I'm abroad, I'm drinking bottles of water and even sometimes using bottled water to brush my teeth. And I just, there's something about just going into my kitchen, getting a cup and getting fresh flowing, beautiful water that won't make me sick and keep me in the bathroom (laughs) for hours from my sink. So uh, I think the first thing I do is just, 
I don't take for granted that the ability to just get a big cup of ice cold water from my sink and, and, and drink it. And, um, I miss that when I'm kind of living out of a suitcase and, and brushing your teeth um, with bottled water. I've been in countries where that's what you do. And it's, yeah, there's something when I'm like, Oh, look, I can stick my toothbrush in the faucet. Isn't this great? Exactly. (laughs) Thing I do when I get home. I love it. Um, okay. Favorite food. If you had to eat it every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? Fried rice. Fried rice. I like it. Do you have a particular place you like it from? We have this place called Dumplings and Beyond in DC and they make amazing fried rice. Mm -hmm. And my husband knows like, don't kill the fried rice. Like we, if we're eating it and we're eating all the different dishes, just don't kill the fried rice. Uh, Kind of my favorite go-to. I love it so much. Yeah, in, in every order. Now I'm I don't know hu- what it is. It's now I'm hungry. And the rice and the veggies, and I get it with tofu and different things. I don't know. No, it sounds delicious. I love it. Um, and now I'm hungry. So thank you yeah. for that. <laughs> um, okay, what song do you have to sing along with every time you hear it? Oh God! Right now it's like this Baby Shark song oh, is that song is the death of me. It's the death of me. Uh, I mean, my, my son. Yeah. Um, I think every parent right now is like, mm-hmm, yes, I feel this. Like, I hate that song so much. <laughs> um, so that's the one that I, if I, I can't just listen to it. So I'm like, I hate it. And then I'm like, baby. Be shark, do, 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 do. I know. Oh gosh. See, now all of you listening old, are mad. One and a half year old. That. You know, he likes doing the shark move. They though. love it. My it my, my really five-year-old loves it. He is, yeah. oh my gosh, he will play that song all day long. Okay. It's all right. <laughs> Solidarity, Sorry. mom. Okay. And then this Sorry. is the last Sorry. question that I ask all my guests. And that is, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? I think it means that like I'm investing a lot of my time, energy into something that won't just be beneficial to myself, my family, but has a greater good that ultimately what I'm trying to do by connecting families and connecting people together, that success kind of has a different, takes a different shape. That success is not just doing well, providing for, you know, my family or having personal fulfillment of a job well done, but success also means making other people happy bringing joy and, and togetherness and providing a, a medium for, for individuals to, to send and share messages and moments that will ultimately bring them joy and help them feel closer together during a really challenging time. Throughout my life, there's been, I've chosen different paths for different reasons. Sometimes I wanted to work at a place that just had the most, could take me to the most exciting, cool places on the planet. And sometimes I just really didn't care about that. I just kind of finally needed to make some money or sometimes I really didn't care about the money at that time. It was finally getting that producing title um, that I've been working for for so long. And then at this chapter right now, it's about not those things. It's about trying to do something during this unbelievably challenging time that can help people in some way, just needing to do something, not being able to sort of sit back and let what's going on in this country in this world happen but trying to have a positive influence be that change i want to see yeah so that's kind of a new thing because i think success you know 
there's a lot of different levels to it. But for me, if I could really have a, a big influence and a big impact on how people are feeling right now, especially isolated seniors, I think that would that would be the purpose I'm you know seeking here. Yeah. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for uh, creating Heirloom and creating this this incredible product that is going to just com- connect so many people. Of course. Thanks, Molly. This was so fun. I would love to know what you loved about this episode or if there was something that you learned. If you do, let me know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. And don't forget to use the hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast. Another thank you to our partner of the show, Mama Suds. Don't forget to use that code Molly for 15% off and shop at mamasuds.com. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you're a first time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring incredible entrepreneurs and business owners who are quite literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you're a regular listener, thank you for tuning in week in and week out. And thank you for your support. Be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, or basically wherever you listen to podcasts and click that subscribe or follow button to make sure you never miss a new episode of the show. And while you're there, would you take a moment to leave a review? Leaving a review of the show helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. This show is produced by the incredible team at Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening and go do something good with purpose on purpose.